right, welcome in to the Backyard Spiral. Um, if you were listening last week, we talked about the we're talking about the top ten NBA players of all time. Uh, last week's pod we covered ten through six. Today we're going to cover the top five. I think Dodge. I think we talked about it a, a, a little bit last week. That I think for the most part, our top five is going to be pretty similar. We're going to probably have the same um same people there uh but you know the rankings will probably be different and and they're they're people that you know there's a lot of stories there to talk about so um i'm looking forward to it yeah so um kind of like you said we'll, we'll have a lot of the same guys the order of these guys might start the pod a little bit for the listeners but we'll see what's going on with them but um yeah i think a lot of these guys have a lot of iconic stories on and off the court so i'm excited to get into that a lot because these are stories that i didn't really know about and i bet a lot of the viewers don't know about and if they're fans of sports just as we are i think they'll really enjoy it now before we get into the top five i need to actually make a confession i messed up (laughs) my 10 through 6 um i overcomplicated it and i didn't write down a name um that actually deserves to be in my top six or my top uh, 10 through six so really yeah. quickly i'm just going to give my updated 10 through six before we get into the top five so at number 10 i have steph curry uh number nine i have hakeem Olajuwon. number eight i have tim duncan timmy d he was timmy d was the um the person that i forgot about last week and so you know, I, I went back. I got to include Timmy D. Uh, has to be a top 10 player all time. And then my uh, two players tied for number six, uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. So th- that's my top 10 through six. Uh, now we can get into our top five. So, uh, Thaj, why don't you start us off with who you have in your number five spot? Let's do it. And perfect thing for you to bring up the man, because at five, Tim Duncan and you can give a lot of reasons of why you want Tim Duncan at this spot. And I have him at five for a lot of reasons. He won five championships and I want to add, they were across three different decades. So he was just dominant for a long period of time. Three finals MVP uh, tied for the second youngest ever, actually two time MVP, 15 time all-star. And he wasn't just a smart player offensively, but he was a great defensive player. He actually had 15 all defensive teams, which is the most of all time. He just did whatever it took to win the game. And he actually has one of the best winning percentages ever at 0.71 on the team with the highest winning percentage ever, which is the San Antonio Spurs. And I know it helped a lot that he was under Popovich, a very respected coach who's still coaching now. And he was very involved. And from an early age, from when he was drafted, he made an impact immediately. So for his longevity and how he played defense, offense in the game, I got Timmy D at five. Obviously, Tim Tim Duncan's also in my top ten. Um, just to to talk about some of the things that I think are kind of glazed over. I think the reason Tim Duncan is underrated or isn't really talked about is because he played this, you know, they called him the big fundamental. He played this very methodical, very boring game, right? Like you look at players of his generation um, that were more exciting. Let's say someone like Kobe, obviously, you know, Shaq was just more dominant. Nobody had ever seen a player like him. People like Tracy McGrady, um, you know, they could even like Jason Kidd, all those type of guys could like run up and down the floor. They Their role was different, right? So Tim Duncan was, you know, he's not going to have Dwight Howard-like blocks where he blocks it into the 15th yeah. row. It's more like he's going to alter every single shot and block, you know, two or three shots every single game, keep them in bounds, make the smart play just to the point guard, you know, not look to make a crazy outlet pass if it's not there come down the floor. And I think because like San Antonio's whole offense was, you know, feed the ball to the high post, Tim Duncan and make, you know, cuts around him for him to find the open man. Things like his passing are underrated. I thought he was a great post passer. Um, You mentioned, I think he was one of the best 
defenders, not only of his generation, but of all time. Um, mm-hmm. And and how freely he allowed, because you got to think, Tony Parker wasn't a good defensive player, right? But you didn't really have to worry about the guards being great defenders because it wasn't like they were going to give up open layups. There was always going to be Tim Duncan. Um, and, you know, the three three ball just wasn't important um, the same way it is now. So you could get away with Tim Duncan not being, let's say, a perimeter defender, but really being an interior defender and rebounder. I think he's underrated as the best player of his generation, but I, I genuinely think Tim Duncan's the best player of his generation. The, the team, the Spurs, never lost or never won less than 50 games except for that strike-shortened year, right? So, like, Crazy think stuff. about that consistency. The Lakers with Kobe and Shaq and then later, you know, just Kobe Long can't say that. Think about some of the other great teams, uh, how many great teams there were in those those early to mid 2000s to even their last championship was what 2014 so it's like 2014 his first championship is what 99 and i think it's two years after he comes into the league and he's uh finals mvp in that series so it's like immediately he's the best player on one of and then you know eventually obviously they start winning championships so the best team in the league immediately after coming in to the NBA and he, and he stayed the best player on his team, or at least the most important player on the team um, in terms of how they function until 2014. So, you know, he, from 1997 till 2014, 15, when he finally retired, he was the most important player on those teams. And for, for Almost the entirety of that time, he's the best player on those teams, and they were the best teams in the league. So I think Tim Duncan was boring. I understand it, but I think he's easily the best player of his generation. He had the biggest impact on his on his team. Exactly, and I think he's one of the more underrated players as well. Kind of like you said, he just doesn't get the recognition, and I don't think he wants the recognition. It's just kind of his character and who he is. I remember when he retired a few years back; it was really the opposite of Kobe's retirement. How Kobe had like that farewell season where he was yeah. waving his goodbyes and all that. Tim Duncan just—I I remember waking up one morning and he like announced like two a.m. in like June. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm done <laughs> like my retiring. Done. He, yeah. yeah, I mean, he was just a low key guy for his entire career. You know, he, he didn't have he didn't have like commercials and stuff, um, and all that. And I don't think he really cared. I think you know he lives in San Antonio. I think he has an auto shop now. <laughs> like he's into like <laughs> the... he's into like fixing cars. Um, I love that. You know, he's been he's been he's subbed in and kind of coached. Um, been an interim coach for a couple games under Pop, but you know, he he was and he started off he was a swimmer. Um, he didn't start playing basketball really until yeah until he was like I want to say around like 15 14 15 was when he first started playing basketball because he's from the the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands so you know Timmy D had kind of a weird path um, into into basketball I think his brother-in-law kind of got him into the sport eventually played college basketball at Wake Forest um, where I think he stayed all four years, got his degree before coming into the NBA. So when he came into the NBA, he was 22. You know, he was a grown man and he he played like it. So uh, Timmy D, your number five. Um, for my number five, uh, I went with another big man, another big man who's kind of become underrated. I don't know if that's the right word, but underappreciated maybe um, would be Wilton Norman. Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> um, you know, and so, I think and what I mean by underappreciated is I think because he scored 100 points in a basketball game, which is, first of all, it's ridiculous, right? Like because he scored 100 and because he averaged 50 that entire season, people just kind of look at those two stats and think they've told the story of Wilt Chamberlain, right? But I mean, as far as an individually dominant player. As far as a great score, like there's never been anyone like Wilt Chamberlain, right? Like, I mean, think about it. To average 50 points a game for an entire year, people like if if somebody scores 50 now, right, they lead Sports Center, right? 
Nice. Like, oh, Katie scored 50, went off. What he was like, that's an average night. <laughs> Every night. You know, if he, and it was it was like 50 point something. So if he scored 50 on the dot, it was like low key. I was like, what happened with Will tonight? You know, you know? <laughs> so it's like, first of all, that season's ridiculous. And he didn't win MVP that year, by the way. Um, Bill Russell won it. But because he didn't win the number of championships that you would expect, like he, he was like a Goliath out there, right? He was 7-1 over 300. I think he was listed at 275. He was probably closer to 300 pounds. Um Arguably one of the best athletes to ever play in the NBA. I think in in um, Kansas at college, he was a high jumper and a great high jumper. Um, he he ran in track and field. Um, you know, he he was just he was a phenomenal athlete, and he was he was just so dominant in terms of like his size, especially at the time. Um, Bill Russell, who you know was his main competition at at center, was so Wilt was seven one two seventy five three hundred. Bill Russell was closer to 6'9. He was listed at 6'9 or 6'10, depending. Um, and then he was he was about 215 to 220 pounds. So, like, think about just the sheer size of Wilt Chamberlain. Um, there's nothing anybody could ever do to stop him. He did win those two championships. I think he won one in Philadelphia in 1966 or seven. Um, I think 67, which was a, a, another great basketball team with players like Billy Cunningham, um, Hal Greer, who nobody knows now, but they were top 50 players when that 1996 NBA uh, top 50 thing happened. And even this top 75 um, NBA players of all time team. So they won that championship. He goes, wins a championship in 1971 with the Lakers, um, obviously with Jerry West on the team. Um He's underrated. I, you know, later in his career, he he led the league in assists one year. So it's like Wilt could pretty much do whatever he wanted. I think his career average rebounds is twenty three rebounds a game. His career average uh, points per game is obviously thirty point one. Um, yeah, I think Wilt deserves more recognition as an entire player and not just oh he scored 100 and he averaged 50 right like those are incredible achievements but he did so much more in his career and he was really a cultural phenomenon as well so i think he deserves more more recognition and i have him as the fifth best uh basketball player of all time love that pick and i love will and i have a question about will actually so you mentioned the 100 point game and obviously there's a lot of controversy around that do you think it happened of course, yeah. Like that—that's dumb. I mean, people's people start talking stupid shit about you know <laughs> these controversies that aren't necessary. Yeah, it wasn't a videotaped game because not every game was on TV back in in the '60s. But it wasn't like they did it in a closed gym. Like we know <laughs> that, that they, we know that the uh, the Philadelphia played. Um, I think they were the Warriors at the time, so we we know that the the Philadelphia Warriors played. Um, the Knicks in Hershey, Pennsylvania, when he scored a hundred points, um, it was obviously written about because there were um, there were a lot of journalists there. So um, of course it happened. That 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 you know, that's one of those stupid stupid theories that comes out of like the NBA wormhole. Of course it happened. He scored a hundred. <laughs> Don't take it away from him. No, Kobe's eighty-one point game is not more impressive than Wilt's hundred point game. Like it's quite simple. Um, that's the best singular game uh, in the history of basketball. Um, and, you know, done by one of one of its truly great players. Yeah, no, I think it happened as well. Kind of like you said, there's a lot of stuff to back it up. And a lot of the people that went to the game, they all have the same story. They all have the same reaction to what happened. But it's just obviously the kind of like you said, the videotape that throws everybody else off. But great accomplishment by him. Great player. And getting into my number four spot this is one of our favorite players this is probably my second favorite player of all time with my favorite shot of all time and this is kareem abdul jabbar and far too we can obviously and we can go on and on about this guy seven two out of ucla and i can't 
I can go on and on about his hook shot, man. I'm a five eight guy, and every time I'm in the basketball court, I don't care where I am, if it's a game or I'm playing with my friends, I'm doing the hook shot. And one of the most unguardable shots of all time done by the boy. And he was obviously drafted in 1969. And what's crazy about that is he won his first first of his six MVPs in 1970. So he gets drafted in 1969 and already by 1970-71 season, he's winning an MVP. And the list goes on with him. Uh, six-time NBA champ. Six-time yeah, six NBA, NBA champ. One with the six, one with the Bucks and five with the Lakers. Exactly. And uh rookie of the year, obviously, nine time all star, two time scoring champ. And wait, nine dude, time all star. Nineteen time all star. Excuse me, he holds the record most all time. Nineteen time all star. And Kobe I know tied that, him. And I know you have him at another spot. So if you want to touch on him now or wait, it's up to you. Yeah, I have I have um we 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 can we can talk about Kareem now since you brought him up. Um I have him higher on my list. Um yeah. I don't want to give it away. Um actually I'll I'll hold off talking about Kareem, okay? Cuz I okay. don't want to I don't want to give away um the list. I'll give you my number 4 pick. This is going to be where the controversy starts. This is where ah. like people are going to say I don't know shit. And all this, right? Because <laughs> people are prisoners of the moment. My number four player of all time is LeBron Ramon James. Okay, LeBron Ooh. comes in at number four for me. I know, like, you're a Cleveland guy, whatever, you know. I think LeBron has had an amazing, amazing career, right? Like, I think he's he's incredible in so many facets of the game. Like, He's a great scorer, obviously, right? He um, is an incredible passer. He has an incredibly high basketball IQ. I think he always tries to make the right play. Um, I think when he was younger, actually, so pre-heat days, that kind of got him in trouble because it was like, you know, so many times it was like in the final moments of the game, um, obviously he was going to get double teamed or triple teamed and he would easily just kick it out to someone and then regardless of whether they made the shot or missed the shot, people were like, oh, he doesn't have the clutch gene, which I thought was stupid. And I still think is stupid. I, I think clutch is determined by consistently. What do you do? Right. Do you make the right basketball play in the moments that count? Exactly. I think LeBron has always done that. Um, I'm going to wax poetic for LeBron for a while, but like, you know, he came in with all the hype. I had his poster in my room, the chosen one, all this type of stuff. War number 23, obviously, because of Michael Jordan. Um, I think it kind of hurt him in the media eye that people started comparing him to Michael Jordan because I think people like older heads, like people who watch MJ and stuff, are like, oh, he can't be better than Jordan, all this type of stuff. And I'm like, no, there's a real discussion there, right? Like, you can't just say Michael Jordan's better and not give me an argument, right? Um, obviously, he's number four on my list. So, you know, you can guess that Michael Jordan is <laughs> higher on my list, but. But I think it's a discussion, right? I think what hurts LeBron in my eye, in, in my eyes, and, and before that, I want to say him leading the the 2007 Cavs to the finals. I watched that game again, that game seven against Detroit, where he scored. Um, what a game! I want to say, yeah, he scored like the 25, the last 25 points for the Cavs, and he and he single handedly won that game. He single handedly led that team to the finals, right? So. I actually, even though he lost the championship, he I think they got swept. I don't we hold that swept. against him. I think it's kind of kind of one of the coolest things ever that like a young LeBron, he must have been like 20, I think he was like 22, um, and he led yeah. that team to the final. So I, I definitely put that as a feather in his cap. Um, but I think what hurts him is that he goes to Miami, right? He made he kind of made that decision in a weird way you know but whatever we're going to talk about the basketball stuff he goes to Miami they have LeBron Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh all three players who were top three at their positions obviously LeBron's probably the best player in the league at the time not probably LeBron was definitely the best player in the league at the time 
Dwayne Wade was another top 10 guy. And Chris Bosh was certainly top 20, probably top 15 uh, in, in the league at the time. And they lose to the Dallas Mavericks in the championship. And LeBron just had a bad series. Like, there's nothing about Like, LeBron played like shit, and they lost. I think that hurts him. I think they go, they lost to, they lost to the Spurs his final year in Miami. And mm-hmm. they should have lost the year before, too, where Ray Allen hit that incredible shot. So if you think about it, him, Dwayne Wade, and um, the boy, uh, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. They spend, I think, four or five years, four years together. They win two titles. That's kind of disappointing. Um, And I think LeBron was the best player in the league at the time, but he just couldn't deliver as much as as he wanted to or possibly should have uh, in the finals. Remember when they were saying not five, not six, not seven, that was LeBron. (laughs) So it was like, you damn right. It wasn't five or six or seven. It was got to have that confidence. You got to have that. No, but but if you have that confidence, though, and then you fall very short. Like, yeah, we're going to talk about very it. Short. Then, very short. Very short. They won two titles. He was talking about seven or eight. Yeah, he was going to the finals every year. He, it's, not, it's not like he was getting knocked out first okay. round just in the playoffs. It wasn't very short. It was, right. it was yeah, short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But that's why I have him way ahead of people like Kobe, right? Because, like, again, Kobe missed the playoffs in his career and stuff like that. Le- LeBron's never done that. I think LeBron's been consistently great. He's played for 20 years, which is an incredible achievement. Um, he's, but at the same time, when you start criticizing for a player who's always kind of gotten what he wants in terms of the roster around him, right? Remember when he went back to Cleveland, Cleveland had the number one pick. They took Andrew Wiggins. They traded him for Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. So it was him, Kevin Love, and Kyrie. Um, like for a player who's ever always gotten what he wanted, when he went to the Lakers, he got Anthony Davis, all that type of stuff. He's only got four rings to show for it. And at the end of the day, championships are what matters, especially in basketball, because there's only five players playing at a time. Um, I And it's it's the sport which is easiest, easy, most easily dominated by just one individual. I'm not saying it's – I'm certainly not saying it's the easiest sport. I'm just saying that one player has the most impact in basketball. Um, because you can, you, you know, the same guy can play offense and defense, all these type of things. Um, you know, recently LeBron for the last, like, let's say it's what's 2023 now. So pretty much for the last eight or nine years, LeBron's just not played defense a lot. (laughs) I think that hurts him in the, it's, it's always like, there's always something missing, right? Like, like. Michael Jordan had that iconic shot to win the championship, his last title, 98, um, against the Jazz, right? Like, LeBron's isn't a shot. It's a block, right? And then Kyrie hit the three. No, it is. I agree. I agree. But it's just like it's not conventionally what's thought of as, like, great. Um, So I do have LeBron as the fourth best player. I don't – I just think he's he hasn't – his lack of success in in the finals compared to the top three players is what's going to hold him here. In general, he's had incredible success. He's now the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. That's a huge achievement for a guy that people were like, oh, he's not a great scorer. It's like, shut the hell up. He's all-time leading scorer. Um, I think fourth is a compliment. I don't think people are going to take it that way. I know I really don't <laughs> give a shit. He's number four for me. I'm going to hold off on my uh, LeBron Obviously comments higher on your list, too. You're yeah, from Ohio. Obviously coming up higher. <laughs> obviously, he's uh, coming up later, so we'll hold off on that. But I liked your analysis on him. And going into my number three, I got Michael Jordan. And You have Michael Michael's Jordan at number three? I do. I'll 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 break the suspense right here so we can both talk about him together. Michael Jordan is also my number three player all time. I think this is also going to be. I, I think for for younger people this is like possibly okay, but I think for people that watch basketball in like the eighties and nineties they're going to be up in arms. <laughs> but pot, yeah. it is what it is. Whatever, who cares? He's number three exactly. on my and mine and your list. Yeah, and for a lot of reasons, obviously he had the two three peats meaning six championships, all six. He won finals MVP, five-time most valuable player in the league, 
14-time All-Star, uh, 10-time All-NBA first team. And the reason I have him at three and not higher is me and my friends always talk about this too. For those six years where he was winning championships, he was the guy. He was the best player on the best team. But he just had many years where he was just not getting it done. And by not getting it done, I mean getting bounced in the first round if he even made it there. I think his record before Scotty got there was uh, nine and or one and nine because they used to play best of three series back then. So Michael just has a lot of great accomplishments in those six years, but I just think we like conveniently forget about a lot of things too, like his last two years on the Wizards, the years when he wasn't winning championships, and a lot of those star-studded teammates that he has as well because he had a lot of good teams. He played for a lot of good teams. And it showed because when he left and he did his first retirement, the team dropped from 57 wins to only 55. 55. So that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to call that a drop. So that's the reason okay. why he's not higher on my list. He, I, I agree with you 100%. I, the, okay, here's the problem, right? People say People think when you say someone's overrated that they're not good or that when they're yeah. underrated – is like that they they somehow are you know let's talk about overrated for a second i think michael jordan if you say he's the best basketball player of all time you're overrating michael jordan that doesn't mean i don't think he's great i think he's the third best basketball player to ever play the game but i'm going to talk about this for a while okay because i'm very passionate about this (laughs) espn did this did this like NCA? I think it was like last year, two years ago. They did this NCAA tournament style like bracket for the top NCAA players of all time, and they said Michael Jordan was the top college basketball player of all time. Okay, Michael Jordan had averaged seventeen points a game in college. Okay, he won one National Player of the Year, and he won one NCAA title. Okay, just to compare. Kareem only played for three years because freshmen couldn't play varsity basketball. Kareem won three national championships, three college basketball player of the year awards. It's like, shut the hell up about that, right? He's not better. (laughs) He, he, Michael Jordan is helped by ESPN and he's helped by Nike. Okay. Cause just like you said, people are like, oh, he's six and oh in the final six and oh, no, no, no. You, he played 14 years in the NBA. Let's not even count the last two in Washington, which, by the yeah. way, he wasn't that good in, right? And he, well, he he was younger than LeBron when he was playing in, in Washington those years, right? Exactly. And so if you're going to talk shit about LeBron, right, you, you have to look at LeBron at age 38, 39, 37, right, is a top 10 player in the game no matter how you slice it. He's averaging like 25 a game. He's still getting you seven, eight assists a game, seven, eight rebounds a game, right? Michael Jordan was averaging 20 on a bum-ass Washington Wizards team, <laughs> all right? So, so, but all right, fine. We won't even hold that one against him, right? He played 14 years in the league. Mm-hmm. He's got six championships. What do, do, People are like, he's six and oh. What do you think happened those other eight years? He was bounced from the playoffs. Exactly. And people, he went to play baseball, which, first of all, I'm going to get to in a second. But when he came back, he had that fully healthy 1995 season, right? Where where he played the entire play, and they got bounced by Shaq and Penny and the Orlando Magic. So people put up Michael Jordan, the perfect 6-0. and It's like, what do you think happened the other years he played in the league? He got bounced, right? So first of all, and you're right, he had a losing record in the playoffs um, without Scottie Pippen, um, which, you know, it's like, fine, I get it that you can't be the only good person on a team. Yeah. But then it's like, yo, but uh, LeBron led led – a team to the the NBA championships that didn't have a single all-star, single other all-star on it, right? Hakeem Olajuwon, who we talked about last week, did that with the Rockets team in 1993, or uh, 1994, right? And won the championship. So it's like it wasn't impossible to do at the time. Uh, Michael Jordan just didn't do it. 
And then even stuff like everything that's like looked upon as a positive for Michael Jordan would somehow be a negative for everybody else. Right. Like he quit basketball in the middle of his career to go play baseball. (laughs) Now I don't really think about that. I like, I don't really care about that. Right. Like it's whatever. I think he, they say there are two theories. Either it was a gambling problem um, and David Stern forced him out or it was emotionally charged because of the passing. I think his father was murdered. Right. I don't hold it against him at all. But what I'm saying is, had LeBron done that, imagine LeBron after the Heat titles, he was like, I need a break. Everybody would come out and be like, he's soft, he's not ready for the spotlight, he doesn't have that killer instinct, all that type of stuff. So what's up with that with Michael Jordan, right? I'm just like, hold the people to the same type of standards. So, okay, now that I ranted negatively about him, (laughs) He is number three on both of our lists. So the positives are the positives, right? Like, I think he led the league in scoring like nine times or something ridiculous, right? He has a career 30.1 average. Technically, it's the highest all time because it's 30.12. And I think um, Wilt is 30.08 or 09, something like that. So he's got the highest all time scoring average. Um, He's got the six six finals MVPs, six championships. I think he's a five-time league MVP. Uh, obviously 1992 the um the olympics that brought upon a whole cultural phenomenon obviously the jordan brand the jordan shoes most iconic thing in um in fashion pretty much so it's like all these things that he did are just amazing so you have to give him the credit right um and he was able to transform his game when he came into the league he's a very athletic player obviously dunking on everybody um, that was primarily his game was like a slashing type of game. But then later on in his career, especially for that second th- a second three-peat, uh, he was playing a lot more in the mid-range. He was, he was posting up a lot more. So he was able to change up his style of play. I think you have to give him the credit for that. Obviously scored over 30,000 points in his career, only for, you know, basically a 14-year career. Um, I think he played a, a year and a half in um Washington but yeah number three all time time I think is appropriate I think overall at the end of the day I do think he slightly edges out LeBron because of the championships because he was able to affect winning um at a higher he just had a higher you know success rate in in the championships so I do have to give him that uh and I have to put him slightly ahead of LeBron but I I I I do think that his it's unfair the criticism lebron has faced versus the lack of criticism for michael jordan and everything he does is saintly so um i i'll put him number three just just uh along with you exactly one of the greats and did a lot of things in his career and <clears throat> looking at these top two guys here hold on let me let me give my i know what your top two is gonna be and so exactly. let me give my number two first. Got okay. it. Oh, true, true, yeah. So my number two basketball player of all time is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. I have his jersey. You have his jersey, the cap. I love Kareem. I think Kareem is underrated. It's like, who who, who has who has the most MVPs in NBA history, right? And I think people would think, oh, Wilt, maybe – Michael, maybe LeBron. Nope. Kareem has six regular season NBA MVP awards. Everybody talks about Michael Jordan's six championships. How many does Kareem have? Six, right? For the longest amount of time and without a three-point shot, Kareem was the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. In a game in the 1970s and 80s, which was a much slower-paced game, right? Um, we talk about the sky hook. It's absolutely the most dominant shot ever. Um, it, it's the equivalent of a Steph Curry three today, right? It's just something like exactly. everybody knows it's coming and he's going to be able to just score it at will. So it's like all those things together. And I think we're, we're, I mentioned a little bit earlier, when you talk about the entirety of basketball, we have to talk about Kareem's entirety of basketball. He was the best player in high school. He's probably the best ever high school basketball player and maybe the best ever high school athlete, okay? 
coming out of Power Memorial High School in in uh, New York, right? Goes to college at UCLA, far across the country. Three-time national champion, three-time um, uh, NCAA Player of the Year, and I'll, I I got to share the story about Kareem. <laughs> all right, so when Kareem got to college, um, freshmen weren't allowed to play college varsity basketball right they had to play freshman basketball but at ucla in the practice runs the freshman team would play the varsity team right now in kareem um in kareem's when when kareem got to ucla ucla was the defending national champions right so their varsity team was national champions but kareem's freshman team would beat the varsity team in practice at UCLA. Okay. So Kareem. Okay. First of all, Kareem in college had a detached retina and he, he decided to play in a game against Houston. It was was labeled like the biggest basketball game of all time or whatever. Right. Houston had Elvin Hayes at the time, who was another great basketball player. Uh, And Houston won the game by like two points or something right and elvin hayes like oh kareem's overrated he was lou alcinder at the time he's like he's overrated whatever they're overrated kareem was like yo i'll face it i i can't see out of my right eye man they anyway they get to the ncaa title game and i think ucla blows them out by like 25 or 30 something like that so it's like kareem was the best player in high school possibly ever he's the best player in college uh, inarguably of all time. And he gets to the NBA, wins six MVPs, six champions, uh, championships, 19-time All-Star. 19-time All-Star. Legend. So people people talk about like LeBron's um longevity and I think they should cuz I think it's a remarkable achievement, right? But it's like he's not the first player to do this, right? Cuz Kareem had done this already. And and you have to remember too when LeBron came into the league, I think he was 18 he just turned 18 when he started playing nba regular season games yep because of when kareem played you had to go to college at the time so kareem came in at 22 so think about those four missing years of pro stats for kareem you know if he if if he had played then you think about how you know when he came into the league i think kareem averaged over 30 points a game i think it was like 30.6 or something in his rookie year something like that maybe even more than that so let's say when he if he had come in at 18, he wouldn't have been averaging 30. Maybe he averages 18 points a game, right? Yeah. And second year, 20. Third year, 22. Obviously, fourth year has to be like 27, 28. By the fifth year, he's averaging 30. So think about how much more, how many more points, how many more rebounds, how many more blocks, all these type of things he would have accumulated. Um, so I think these type of things are like arguments which people aren't really you know given credit for in their careers and i i don't don't necessarily think you should weigh that too heavily but i just think his achievements are so underrated um because again big men are just the type of players that aren't so fun to watch right they're not going to have these amazing windmill dunks um and fast break you know like dunking over somebody they're going to be a more much more slower and methodical pace but kareem i think has to be recognized so He's my number two. He's the second. It, it to me, he's the second best player in basketball history. Absolutely love Kareem, and I remember when we uh, talking about him a lot, lot or this past year. That was the day I went out to the NBA store and I purchased the jersey. I was like, I gotta gotta rep this guy. I gotta have a jersey, and it's just so cool on that Lakers jersey. Hey, you know what? Av- when 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 we went to when that same day when you were wearing that Kareem jersey, we were in yeah. um we were in New York. We went up to Yankee Stadium, and there were a couple of old heads outside of <laughs> Yankee Stadium. What did they say? They sure. looked at you like that's the greatest player of all time, right? So it's like. The people that saw him play they knew. and really saw him play in the 70s, right? They they asked Dr. J who the greatest basketball player of all time <laughs> is, right? And 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 people, his contemporaries tend to think that one of two guys is the best basketball player. That other guy's number one on my list. And a lot of people would say, Kareem, my number two guy. So he he's my number two. I'll, I'll let you say who you think is the second best basketball player of all time. Yep. 
And while we're talking about Kareem real quick, I kind of want to touch on his the rule change that the NCAA had. We talked about his success oh. in the NCAA, and I want you Go to tell it. us about the rule change. I think you should do the honors. All right, so Kareem gets to high, uh, Kareem gets to college. Kareem starts playing varsity basketball. Kareem is seven foot two. He's a ridiculous athlete. He's graceful. He's just dunking on everybody. All right, because like you can't stop the guy. He's seven two. He just dunks over you. You know. So the NCAA banned dunking. And, you know, they were like, oh, it's we're going to ban dunking for everybody. Well, really, it's only for Kareem because in, you know, <laughs> 1965, 66, he was the only player that was consistently able to dunk the basketball like that. Exactly. So they thought this was going to limit Kareem's effectiveness. Well, then Kareem started re- relying on the sky hook, right, which he really was able to develop in college, uh, obviously playing under the absolutely legendary coach John Wooden, um, really the anchor of that UCLA basketball dynasty. Um, so Kareem, when they outlaw the dunk, he just starts developing that sky hook from both sides, right? Like right-handed, left-handed. He could shoot it from like 15 feet out. Um, so the N- NCAA thought they were going to limit Kareem like that. They might have exactly. actually ended up doing him a favor because it just made him work on on his fundamental game even that much more. Um, he was ridiculous, man. Kareem... Uh, you, you the and oh and and by the way I have to go back since you actually mentioned this I have to go back to Wilt Chamberlain when we're talking about NBA rule yep. changes for players how dominant they were um I'll tell I I have to tell a quick Wilt Chamberlain story so when Wilt Chamberlain came into the to, to the league um the the paint was narrower than it is now right and which what that meant was Wilt could post up closer to the basket right because there's obviously three seconds in the key three in the key uh you can't just park yourself in the um in the paint but you can park yourself right on the edge of the paint and wilt was so dominant that like he could catch it at the edge of the paint and just jump up and lay it up Uh, he didn't need to do anything else he didn't need to do a back down didn't need to do spin move didn't need to go baseline nothing he could just jump up and roll it in and so it was because of wilt that they decided to widen the lane all right, so in 1996, um, when when they did the NBA 50 year anniversary, right, and all you have all these great all time great players in there, right, and Michael Jordan is talking to somebody, and Michael Jordan is saying how he's the best player of all time, and Wilt is listening to him, and Wilt is quiet, and then when Michael Jordan is done, I think. I think uh, Bill Walton told the story when Michael Jordan finishes talking about how he's the best basketball player of all time. Wilt says to him, hey, Michael, he's like the NBA changed the rules to make it easier for you to play. They changed them <laughs> to make it harder for me. All right. So it's like Wilt Chamberlain had the NBA rule change. Kareem obviously had that NCAA uh, rule change. Uh, and then when he came into the NBA, he got off to a hot start, obviously, averaging 30, over 30 points a game. I think he was at 30.6 points a game in his rookie year, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, the all-time leading scorer. Uh, there, there's nothing more I can say about Kareem. All, exactly. Oh, I actually can. He's a terrific – from everything I was able to to read about him, there's a great documentary on him on HBO, uh, Kareem, a minority one. Seems like such a remarkable guy. He's always um, – He's always able to write so eloquently in terms of uh, essays um, on on poignant topics, whether that be race or or any uh, social issue, social injustices that are going on. Uh, he's always been active in that. Um, when Muhammad Ali was um, when when they had the summit uh, for Muhammad Ali, um, when he was when he was um, when he had rejected going to Vietnam. Um, after being drafted they the athletes decided to do a summit and the real the two guys that really kind of led the charge there were jim brown the nfl who was my greatest football player of all time jim brown and bill russell from the nba kareem was in college but he was there right kareem doesn't have an olympic gold medal and the reason for that is in 1968 when he would have been eligible to go to the olympics 
he decided to um he decided to reject and to ban the olympics uh because again this was uh the time for the civil rights movement and because um you know we hadn't passed civil rights legislation yet in this country uh kareem decided to protest the olympics so he did not go to the 1968 uh, Olympic Games. So that's another, I think that's another feather in his cap, just kind of shows you the the kind of person that Kareem has always been. My number two basketball player of all time, the absolute, absolutely one of the coolest guys of all time. Have his jersey, love him. I love him as well. And um, the more I hear about all these guys, just makes me love him more. And kind of getting into that, we have my number two. And this is a guy that sometimes I so close to number one. He's so close. I love him so much. And that's 11-time NBA champ, Big Bill. Bill Russell. And I'll touch on him a little bit because I know you're going to go in depth. And he's five-time NBA MVP, 12-time NBA All-Star, three-time He only All played NBA 13 years. Team. We got to say this. He only played 13 years. Exactly. So- and uh, he was just a guy who – he's the pioneer of basketball. You just got to go with that. He was one of the best and most dominant defensive players of all time. Probably the most dominant defensive player of all time. And he's my two. And I'll kind of let you take it away. So full name, William Felton Russell. Bill Russell is my number one basketball player of all time. Um, I think he's the most important player in the history of basketball because he legitimized the sport. He was drafted in 1956. Um, he was a two-time NCAA champion at the University of San Francisco, and I think he was two-time uh, NCAA Player of the Year. Um, he won the Olympics in 1956. He won an Olympic gold medal. What's interesting about Bill Russell, um, before he got to the NBA in college, he was a high jumper, right? And he was the number two ranked high jumper in the United States. And I think he was number seven in the world. And he would he would have qualified for the Olympics as a high jumper and contended for a medal, uh, contended for a medal. But he decided to just play basketball. So when people start talking about, oh, the athletes are so much better. OK, in general, are they better? Yes. But are they better compared to the people around them at their time? Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Because who's who's an NBA player today that'd be an Olympic level anything other than basketball? Bill Russell was an Olympic level high jumper, right? Gets to the NBA, 1956. He was the number two overall pick. Uh, it was a it, it was a trade with um, the St. Louis Hawks had the number two pick, Red Arbach, on one of the greatest architects of basketball in the history of the game. Um, was able to trade for Bill Russell because he kind of saw that he's like, this is the guy I need to run my fast break, right? So 56, Bill Russell, before he got there, the team was largely the same. They, they, they actually had a couple more all-stars because they were the players that ended up getting traded for Bill. Anyway, before he got there, they had Bob Cousy, they had Bill Sharman, they had all these legendary players. They didn't win a single thing. They didn't win an NBA title. They they didn't even really get close. 1956, Bill Bill Russell comes in as a rookie. They win the NBA championship. And they proceed to win, I think it was seven or eight straight NBA titles. All right? Oh, wild. Bill Russell, and people talk about the fact, so Bill Russell only averaged 15.1 points a game. He averaged 22 and a half rebounds a game. They didn't have the block shot people who played with him said he averaged around 10 or 12 blocks a game. All right. But they didn't have that as a stat. So Bill Russell said this, Bill Russell was like, you know what? Th- the way he's like, he he explained his own scoring was he's like, I could have averaged over 20 points a game, but that would have required me to take about three or four more shots per game. Right. And he's like, I decided that instead of shooting those three or four shots, I want to allow the other players around around me, Tommy Heinsohn, uh, later on, uh, John Havlicek, uh, even Bob Cousy, to get those points. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it so easy for them because of the fast break. So the way the fa- a fast break in basketball, everybody knows that I'm not really breaking any ground. Yeah. But the way a fast break works in basketball is it starts on the defensive end, right? So either you get 
a block or a steal, or you get a quick rebound and people are out and running. And this, the fast break was actually Isaiah Thomas, the legend, legendary Isaiah Thomas actually told the story that in his neighborhood, and this might've just been a general thing. He grew up in Chicago. They didn't call it a fast break. They called it a Boston because the Boston Celtics were the, the team that was doing the fast break. And the reason they were able to do the fast break was because Bill was blocking every shot. He was altering every single shot and he was getting every rebound possible and a great outlet passer. Right. So, um, Bill Russell was great offensively because he could average 15, but he could also pass the ball and he could get a fast break started, but he revolutionized defensive basketball, right? Blocking shots wasn't even a thing before he really got there on the scene. Right. And then he completely altered it. Obviously they didn't have a three point line at the time. So the best shot you could possibly hope for was something going towards the rim. Well, you couldn't do that against Boston because every time you tried to do that, he was going to block it or he was going to scare you so much that you were going to alter it in some way. Um, Bill Russell had to deal with a bunch of bullshit in the city of Boston because it was very uh, racist at the time. Bill Russell ended up buying a house um, in, in a particular neighborhood in Boston, and he he faced a lot of racism. They'd come over, they'd knock over his trash um his trash cans and and things like this and one day when he was on a road trip they broke into his house uh i think people will know the story but but they but they desecrated his his whole house they they defecated on his bed smeared it on the walls you know um and he went to the police and the police was like kind of like ah what what are we supposed to do how are we gonna and he was like all right then I'd like to apply for my gun license, right? <laughs> applied oh. for the gun license, bought himself a shotgun. And apparently the, those things stopped happening at the, after that. But um, he was a great, he was a great socially conscious person as well. We just talked about uh, Kareem being that. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, when they did that, that, um, that summit for Muhammad Ali, it was really Bill Russell and, and Jim Brown who led the charge on that. So Bill Russell was always, a person ahead of his time when it came to um, discussions around uh, social issues, uh, won 11 championships in 13 years. That's mind boggling. And he was, he was the coach of the team for the last two championships. Think about that. He was a player coach. So red Arbach um, coaches him for their first um, nine championships. And then red Arbach is going to retire. And, you know, he says to Bill Russell, who Red knows is the best player in the league, best player of all time, certainly the most important player for the Boston Celtics. He said, hey, Bill, who should I hire as coach? Who's going to be able to motivate you? And Bill Russell apparently said, well, nobody's going to be able to motivate me better than me. So he became the <laughs> the, the 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 player coach of the team. So Bill Russell became the first, I want to say the first minority, certainly the first African-American coach in North American sports team sports history to win an NBA championship. And he did it twice. Right. So amazing, amazing person. I mean, think about that for, for all the stuff, LeBron, you know, like they're all LeBron's a coach on the floor. LeBron's really coaching the team. Well, Bill Russell was actually coaching the team. He legitimately did. Bill (laughs) Russell was actually, there'd be a run and Bill Russell would be the one to call a timeout. He'd be the one to drop the play. All these type of things that an NBA coach does, run practice, all these type of things, right? So think about the level of respect that his teammates, think about the level of respect that Bill Russell's teammates must have had for him to allow him to coach them, right? And, And he did it successfully. They won championships out of it. 11 championships out of 13 years, I think, is the single most important achievement in the history of American team sports because the point of sports is to win, right? For all this, like, oh, he couldn't score. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do – yeah, but for some reason, they never won a championship before he got there. When he gets there in 13 years, they win 11, and then as soon as he retires, they go back to being sorry until, like, 1976 or something like that. Yep. So – you know, you know he's he's got the most he's got the most championships all time. You know who second place is? Who? Sam Jones, his teammate, has ten because he, <laughs> he was lucky enough to exactly. play with Bill, right? So it's like 
Um, and, and obviously Sam Sam Jones was obviously a great player as well. Um, great score, but nothing like Bill Russell's impact. I don't think anybody's ever had the level of impact um, that that Bill Russell had. I mean, he turned it into a professional sport, really, if you think about it. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, the NBA Finals MVP award is named after Bill Russell. He was a five-time. He was a five-time MVP, um, and he actually won the MVP in the year that Wilt averaged 50 and Oscar averaged a triple-double because the award is for who do you think is the most valuable player? And it just so happened that they, the Boston Celtics were the team to win the championship that year, the previous year, and the next year. So it kind of had to be Bill Russell, the most important player, uh, most valuable player. So I love, love, love bill russell actually lived um the later part of his life he lived in seattle my high school uh history teacher used to actually golf on the same golf course as as really so yeah i thought that was a pretty cool story um i love bill russell i think bill russell's not only is bill russell the best basketball player of all time i think he's the best player in the history of american team sports team sports meaning obviously not something like boxing but but American team sports love Bill Russell. Absolutely love Bill as well. One of the more underrated guys because he oh, played the most so long underrated ago. guy. People just don't talk about Bill Russell, or or they'll put him something token in like number seven or number eight. I'm like the man <laughs> won eleven titles. All right, like there was this great post I saw one time. It was like, um, you know, Kobe and Michael were arguing about their championships, right? And Kobe's like, I got five, and Michael's like, I got six. And they got Bill Russell being like, add them up. Add them up, Max. They just like saying, or they kind of like dissing on Bill because they say his competition wasn't as good as the level it was to, which we both, yeah, which obviously is a trash argument. You can only play who's in front of you, which which you always say. And they still had, he still had to go up against guys like Wilt. And another thing I want to add about Bill is, it's not like it was easy for him. Exactly, like so many legends, and he wasn't just sweeping everybody. Either. Like he wasn't right. Like, he went to ten game sevens, and he was ten and zero, and he was ten and zero. He never just found lost a, way to a win. single game seven. Who who else he talk? Michael Jordan can't say that. Uh, or LeBron can't say that. game seven, an elimination game. So exactly. one because because you know in the playoffs. Um, especially in the eighties and stuff, there was like three best of three, then best of five, then best of seven, right? So sometimes it was an elimination game, but it was like a game five or a game three. Bill Russell never lost an elimination game where it's like one team is going home. And it was like ten yeah. times it was like it's not gonna be my team, <laughs> including the nineteen sixty-nine finals. This his last championship uh was a seven game series against the Lakers, where everybody had the Lakers picked. I want to tell a couple Two more. This might get boring. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. Now go ahead. <laughs> I want to tell a couple more Bill Russell stories just about how dominant Bill Russell was. Okay. So Bill um Bill Russell told this story where uh his dad had had come to a an NBA All-Star game. They were doing the All-Star game, East versus West, obviously, at the time. Um Bill Russell and Oscar Robertson were both playing for the East. Obviously, the West had players like Jerry West, um, Elgin Baylor, other great players. Uh, maybe, I think, possibly Lenny Wilkins. But, all right, anyway. So, Bill's dad hadn't really come to a basketball game before. And so, they're sitting in the locker room, father and son. And Oscar comes in. And Oscar tells Bill, he's like, hey, the West said that they were going to blow us out. And Bill looked at... Uh, Oscar and he said well we're not going to let that happen right and Bill's dad apparently said to Bill Russell he's like you can do that like you're good enough to just say well now nah, we're just going to win and he said to his dad he's like I'll tell you what not only are we going to win this game but I'll win MVP and mm-hmm. so they go out there they win the game and he wins MVP for the for the all-star game so like stories like that um, it's related to the 1969 finals because apparently the owner of the Lakers, because game seven was in LA, uh, had was so confident they were going to win that he had balloons installed on the, on the, the ceiling of, um, the forum. 
because he's like, you know, when we win the championship, we're going to have the balloons and confetti come down and we, we're going to have a parade on, you know, Hollywood Boulevard or whatever the hell. And Bill Russell, when they were warming up, he looked up for game seven. He looked up at those balloons and it just something it triggered him. Right. And so he's like, exactly. He went to Must his look. locker room again as coach of the team and as the best player. He goes in. He's like, you know what? They're already planning their championship parade. But he's like, we're going to make sure that they have to take those balloons down one at a time. And so they go out there. They win game seven. His last title retires um, on a high note. Nobody's really been able to do that, right? Where you that perfect ending to a career. Uh, exactly. You win the uh, the win the championship. You ride off to the sunset. So Bill Russell, my greatest player of all time. All right, and kind of continuing with the list, it's gonna be hard to follow that up. Love the man, Bill Russell. But at my number one, I got the King. Shocker, Braun, Ramon, <laughs> James, and I haven't. At one for a lot of reasons. He obviously came into the NBA at the age of 18. And he was literally handed the keys, not to a franchise, but the whole league. And what I mean by that, he was the face of the league. Like you said, they they were calling him the chosen one. He already had like that stamp. He's now 38 and he'll be turning 39 in a month. So all of this started 20 years ago and is still going on. He was drafted by the Cavs who had won 13 games the season prior. So he went to a quote-unquote poverty franchise and was sent in to save the franchise, save the league, and just do what he could. And he would have been a bust unless he was a Hall of Famer and he still exceeded all those expectations. And when talking about stats and LeBron, you can go into a lot of stuff. Uh, 10 final appearances, obviously. Eight consecutive final appearances. So if you were in the East... Me being a Cavs fan, when he came back to Cleveland for those years, I wasn't even a little bit worried. I was like, we're going to the finals, then we'll start worrying about who our opponent is. I just knew he was going to get us there. He was just that dominant of a guy when he put his mind to it. He just led the whole team there. No matter who was on the team, I know we touched earlier on LeBron didn't have the greatest teams. He made Mo Williams an all-star, if that says anything. So he took a lot of not-so-great guys in NBA history and took them all the way to the finals even made a bunch of NBA champions. And a, a lot of people want to say that he's not clutch. LeBron actually has the most clutch time points ever and the most buzzer beaters to win a game in the, to win games in the NBA playoffs ever. And another reason why LeBron's my go is what's the biggest stage in the NBA. It's the NBA finals. He led every single statistical category that, that they have every possible category and he's playing right now obviously he's 38 like i said he'll be 39 in a month and he's still performing i watched a game last night where he had the ball in his hands down one and he got the bucket in to win the game he makes the he gets the bucket to win the game he makes the pass to win the game he just always seems to make the smart play and kind of how we said that you can't fault bill for him playing or you can only play who's in front of you. I also want to give LeBron big round of applause for that 2016 championship. Like I said before, they were already putting that team on a pedestal. They were saying that they're the best team to ever play basketball down three, one LeBron came back winning two games at the Oracle or what then was Oracle arena scoring 40 in each game and just making the play like like we said, the block, just doing whatever was necessary to get the win, motivating his teammates. It's probably so, obviously I wasn't in the locker room, but it, it probably had to be so deflating just losing that game at home when we lost uh, game five, falling to 3-1 and just being like, dang, are we really about to lose these guys again? So I could go on and on about LeBron, but he just had so much pressure coming into the league. He had to be a Hall of Famer, and he exceeded those expectations. So that is why LeBron Ramon James, the king, is my number one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think LeBron is 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 great. I, I don't think there's anything you can say other than that. Um, I'll accept it. You're an Ohio guy. Obviously, you're going to be biased. <laughs> um, I like that you rank Bill, Bill Russell so highly. Um, that's our top, that's our top five that covers our top 10. Um, obviously I think people are going to disagree, but whatever. Um, 
you know, it, to, everybody has their opinion. And, and the cool thing is you can kind of enjoy everybody's game, right? So, And real quick, I want to add. So for any of the people listening, I know that you guys probably have your own list. You probably had your own discussions with your friends, family members, all that. So we'll be posting on Instagram a post and you guys can comment and let us know your top five players, your top 10, your goats. So whatever that may be. And if you want to include why you think that is or or what you think about our list, even just feel free to comment. So we'll be posting that at the backyard spiral on Instagram. Stay tuned. All right. Sounds good. And so with that, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll call it a day um, in the next coming weeks. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably have a lot more, uh, a lot of updates football to talk about. I do in the next coming weeks, I want to talk about this little NBA in tournament thing too, but yeah. Um, yep in-season tournament so we'll, we'll we'll get to that but for today uh we'll we'll say we'll we'll call it a day for uh for our top uh five nba players of all time <music>